say can be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Some devil mind it breaks. Let it all hang out cause we got to run to me. Welcome to Highway Freak. I'm Brock Guy, the Road Dodger host, and standing by my brother from another mother, it's J-Man the Snarl. And then we have Winged Will, and of course, our newest regular, Amazing Angie. So guys, another week has passed by, a lot of crazy things have happened. I'm sitting in Woodstock, Ontario, my hometown, I might add, and J-Man, where are you tonight there, big guy? I am on the side of the road in Stock, California. You have a shopping cart beside you? No, but uh, I'm keeping my eyes open just in case, you know, I I kind of wake up outside with just a steering wheel in my hand. <laughs> there you go. And Angie's in good old Calgary. What's the weather like tonight, Angie? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's okay. I, I really don't know. I haven't been outside today. Uh, it was very windy last night because my uh, security lights kept going on and off and driving the dog crazy in the yard. Okay. And uh, your cash isn't off yet, right? Yes, but I'm on a, I'm now 50% weight bearing and using crutches. So things are so different right now. Feels weird, you know, because I'm like, you know, doing my heel toe, heel toe with the bad leg. And it just feels different. But I'm very happy right now. And speaking of ailments, we should, of course, mention what I had procedure there last week. Uh, it is uh, Dr. Mother was here in my truck tonight. Um, uh, God bless her. She was uh, bringing lots of goodies for Trucker Brian, and she bandaged it up and checked the seepage and also checked to make sure that it wasn't affected. And um, I got to give another shout-out to my doctor, Andrew Kirkpatrick. He is awesome. Um that guy, that guy, like he just, uh, you know, he texted me on Facebook and said, uh, you know, take, get some pictures, I need to see it. Like, I have never seen a doctor like that. Usually they cut you open, they're, they're done with you, and so be it. But this guy is awesome. And i got to do two more shout-outs. Right now as we speak, we have a very serious situation where we have a wonderful lady that listens to our podcast by the name of Elizabeth, and um, she is uh, going through very serious brain surgery right now as we speak. And um, i got to tell you, our prayers are with her because I hope to hear from her tomorrow morning. Her odds are not good, um, but I know she's a fighter, an amazing Ukrainian woman, and um, I just hope that uh, she pulls through and tomorrow morning she uh, wakes up and uh, she asks for... Uh, you know, podcast number 18, I might add. That's what we're doing tonight. So, and Edge, you created a email for us. So you want to tell the freaks the new email, please? It is highwayfreaks59 at gmail.com. Five for J, eight for me, and nine for those other ones, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, Good. So, 589. Okay, so... That's highwayfreaks589 at gmail.com? Yes. Okay, cool. Very cool. And um, coming up, also, I might add, before we get into our, our topics, we have a YouTube channel. We will be on YouTube on February the 7th. That's a Tuesday, I believe. And is that right? You corrected me last time. Yes. Um, okay, yes. cool. 
And uh, also, we will be doing another podcast that week as well. Uh, uh, we have a special guest next week. Dave Scott, Spaced Out Radio, will be here. And I know that RV Lisa, who cannot make it tonight, she has a very important procedure she's doing uh, tomorrow that she cannot possibly make it, but she will be on the next podcast to uh, answer all the uh, questions about um, some of her misgoings from ghosts and stuff in her RV parks. Uh, had a lot of that. So, and uh, we're looking so forward to having Dave Scott on again. He'll give us 90 minutes and you guys can ask him all the questions you like. So that's also coming up. How's your day, J-Man? My week has been excellent. Do you care to elaborate and let everybody know? I I got another California run. I got to to watch actually a few good movies, but uh, I watched the one I'll be be talking about tonight, and it just just kills me. Um, I know you're wet your pants over when you're talking to me. Well, I actually did wet my pants over I think you have a man crush on Channing, Channing Tatum. Did he watch Magic Mike? Oh, oh, that is just that that's hateful. <laughs> that, that, that. You cut me to the quick. You want to be Magic J? You want to be the next Magic J? I'm, I'm already Dr. J, alright? No, I meant Magic J. Don't you know who Channing Tatum is? Channing Tatum I is Magic Mike. I have got a damn clue who he is. He did Magic Mike. Me a lot. This is, this is okay, Magic Mike was... Magic Mike was a stripper movie, so you get to be Magic Jane. Okay, then that's why I never watched it. I suggest the three of you guys watching it and talking about it next. I am not watching a guy strip. Both against my whole religion. Did you ever watch Will and Grace? Have you ever watched Will and Grace? Okay, no. Like, that's, that's a funny show. Okay, and it, it's got uh, it's bits and pieces of it. The two it has the, the, the gay couple in it. I think. Yeah, you got Jack, correct? Of course, you got Will. Okay, no, not wing it, Will. <laughs> wing it, Will. Far from gay, but you got Jack and you got Will. Right? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, wing it, Will is far from gay, <laughs> but you would very far, very far. Uh, well, I, 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 I'm pretty sure he is. You can be Magic J. On the next, I, on the next Magic Mike, you can I, be, I am the last. I, if, if I am the. If I started stripping in a club, they'd lose money, go bankrupt, everybody. <laughs> yeah, you do have some chicken legs. I've got the. My legs are exactly like the legs in that cartoon Robin Hood when he dresses up like the stork. Mine are like Foghorn Leghorn. They're muscular. You are, you are Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> and, and, and what do we call Angie then? Daffy Daffy? Well, right now, I guess you could kind of call her Waddle. <laughs> yeah. Well, Darkwing Duck. She's Darkwing Duck. Oh, DW. DW. So then what's Will? What cartoon character is Will? I don't. I think I think he's like a Tasmanian devil. <laughs> no, because the, the Tasmanian devil was an idiot. <laughs> well, we're not going to say Will's an idiot. How does Stephen go like Tigger? You know, bouncing around like. 
Okay. So, so Will, how was your week? Uh, Chase week. How was your week, Will? Um, actually, it was it, it was amazing. I actually uh, so I I, I kind of got my life back together, and uh, I'm now driving again. So I'm now able to legally drive, which is which is amazing. Um. Oh my I, God! We gotta get off the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've uh. I mean, I, I, I hate to admit it, but, I, I mean, you got to do what you got to do in life. And uh, I've, I've kind of been driving for a little bit, but now now I'm just like, um, I, I'm actually ready for the road test. But, I, man, I, I, I got to wait a year. Uh, so, yeah. But um, we uh, we ended up getting, well, there, there's this video game system. It's called RetroArch. You can download it from the computer. But uh, we're uh, I'm working on... Uh, putting uh, RetroArch into a Raspberry Pi. And for those that don't know what RetroArch is, it's literally like a platform that is, that has like a PlayStation base, but it supports every single game from Atari to um, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. So I got a, pr- a couple of uh, really exciting projects coming up. Uh, but yeah, th- 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 this week's been amazing. Right on. Yeah. Oh, Will, I got the French kid. Okay. Will, did you ever play the game The Last of Us? You know how the movie has just come out? Yep. And it was filmed here in Calgary? Yeah. Did you ever play the game? Yep. Okay. It is a... Uh, Are you going to watch the movie? It, well, yeah, they filmed uh, The Last of Us in, well, parts of The Last of Us in Calgary. Uh, actually, downtown Calgary. Yep. Close... Uh, well, they, they, uh, I would say close to certain businesses, but I, I, they took a full strip of Calgary. Um, yeah, I, I, I probably, I don't know. See, like, uh, the, the, the theme it's based on, I'm not really into, right? So, like, I, I might not watch The Last of Us. I, I, I mean, even the game itself, like, you pretty much have to be into that type of gameplay or whatever to, to really enjoy it. Um, I do have The Last of Us. Yes, but uh, I I think I only played like a couple hours of it, and um, I put it down. Okay. Yeah, it, I'm used to old school games, like like okay, well it's not really that old school, Nintendo sixty four, but um, there was like Zelda, which is like one of my favorite games. There's uh, you know, Crash Bandicoot. Um, uh, the recent games though, uh, that that I like playing are uh, like there's the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um. There's also this this really cool game called Watch Dogs. It's about a uh, a guy that goes around hacking his way into buildings and taking out people. And I don't know. I'm I'm more into like action packed, right? Okay. I played Cheeseburg. Okay. So everybody know everybody's week. So let's get into the topic. So my topic this is about time share. And oh, I want to hear this. Because I am a time share holder, but holy. If I could go back in time, I would never, ever have allowed my head to go in uh, to say yes. Yeah. Pretty much. It is a scam. And if you are a time shareholder and you love it, good for you. You're only about 15% of all time shareholders. So 15% of people that have contracts love it. The other 85 of us, 85% of us hate it. It is a scam. Now, just from personal view, it is not worth the money that you put into it at all. So, 
if you're out on a vacation and someone comes up and says, hey, you want a free lunch or if you want a park pass or whatever, and it's only a two-hour uh, meeting, you know, and come in and, you know, listen to us talk about, you know, making your life better. Run. Run away. There are too many loopholes all in their favor. Can you explain and, like, elaborate why? Like, a lot of people don't understand timeshares. No, and I'll be the first one to say it. So can you kind of explain okay. to me, like, kind of in steps, like little baby steps of why this is such a bad idea? So you pay money. Now, there's two. There's well, probably more than just two. But we'll with one that is based in Florida. Now, I know there's some that are based elsewhere. And I don't want to name names because I just don't want to get in trouble. But the one we have does not have points. What happened is we went in and we had to sit through a, a show where they talked about how owning a timeshare will uh, make our life so much more better that, you know, we could fly out anytime to use our room, um, and if we don't even want to go to Florida, there's all these other places that you could go to, and you go there instead, you know, the Great Smoky Mountains, the, um, Cal not California, oh my goodness, um, Myrtle Beach, there's all these other places. Well, that is incorrect, because just to get into getting a week in, is close to impossible. Not only do you have to pay for, we paid $10,000 for one week, and it was a two-bedroom. And then uh, 15 years later, we were at, uh, in Florida, and we ended up going to another meeting. And this is where I lost my, and I kept telling my husband, I don't want to be here. Uh, no. And they, will, they are aggressive. But I am also aggressive. So we were able to leave, thank goodness. But I sat there watching all these people throwing away like twenty, thirty thousand dollars for something they probably are not going to be able to use to the to what salespeople were saying that they would be able to use for. Oh yeah, and don't worry about it, you could then uh will it to your children. Don't will it to your children. Your children don't need this kind of a hassle at all. And to get rid of it is you would need a lawyer. So I do know that there is a book. Now we all know those books that are uh for, produced by farmers that are um, you know, housework for dummies, computer work for dummies, or there is timeshare for dummies. If you are interested in getting a timeshare, look at that book. Read it from front to back, please. Or, at the very least, take one hour, go on you and just scan all the videos that are out there stating how bad timeshares are. They have, they are, I almost feel like they're attacking because that's how I, I felt when I was sitting there watching them go after all these people. And I'm like, these people can't afford this. Why why are you doing this? Like, I would not be able to sleep at night knowing that I was doing stuff like this. And there is a man that worked as a salesperson with this. And after he quit, he actually wrote a book 
about how he lied for a living. He lied. Everything he said was all a lie. There are people that they're told all these nonsense uh, freebies. Oh, yeah, we'll give you uh, a flight out. I will give you a cruise. I will give you this. I will give you this. I will give you two weeks, everything. And then they sign on the dotted line. They get home. They're paying 16% interest for a $20,000, $30,000, one, one week a year condo, and they can't get out of it. They're told, go to the bank and get a loan or uh, put it on your mortgage or, or like refinance your mortgage or something. And banks are not touching it because it is a scam. And there are people that are... So, who actually owns the timeshare? Is it the bank, or is it, a, is it an individual person that has it, like, that they own it? It is individual, like, you know, a large family that owns it. And from what I understand, there are two of the largest. We, we're with the second largest. The one that is the largest in the U.S. is the one that you need points for. And, you know, like, I don't know enough about what's involved in that, but... I do know that Tantra came in 45 years ago into the U.S., and it was first came in or was um, used was in Europe in the, in the 60s. And, you know, honestly, I don't even know if they still do it in Europe, but it is so, so strong getting, in the U.S. The one that's getting rich is the person that owns the Tantra, right? Definitely. Definitely. If I can interject for a minute, um, aren't timeshares connected to real estate too? Well, when you get it, you're given a deed. Or, um, if you are only going to be having that uh, for one week, that like a two-bedroom for one week, yeah. then you're given a deed for one, one over 52 for that one uh, condo yeah. room. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, because um, <clears throat> by by definition, isn't it like purchasing uh, one week of a timeshare means that the uh, buyer owns one fifty second of of the unit? Yeah. Yeah. That. It, that, that I, so you own the toilet. You own the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But the problem is, though, so many times they overbook everything, and you can't even get your timeshare once a year, or you have to book. Uh, a year in advance. So we're going next month, but for whatever reason, we're able to go in uh, with um, two months to three months in advance. But there are places that uh, the Vegas trip and all that where uh, that you can't go in unless book 13 to 14 months ahead of time. Years ago, I kept trying to go to um, New York and when I would call, they were like, yeah, there's a three to four year wait to get the condo in the, uh, New York. So, uh, anything add, more to add to the timeshare? Because that was pretty fascinating. Well, on, on top of everything else, you are, you are charged a maintenance fee. So when you, uh, for every year, like right now, we're paying about $1,300 a year for maintenance fees and such. And to me, I, I, yeah, I feel that, okay, we, we've owned this condo for 
20 years now, and we paid, uh, I want to say, you know, I, I can't remember now. It was a lot less than most people, but still. And, you know, if you break it down, we do go on holidays a lot, but, you know, our condo in Florida, that we have used um, it in other places. We've even used it elsewhere in Florida because we have, uh, there is a designated home day spot, and then we could use other places that are under their umbrella. But we've used it in Vegas, we've used it in a few other places. And, you know, it worked out really well, but now it's like, no, no. I'd rather just get a hotel room. It's one in the same. You know, we, if we do have a two-bedroom, which is really nice because, you know, with grandkids and kids and everything else, it does work out really well. You know, two-bedroom with uh, three bathrooms and everything is great. But the amount of money, is, it's just not worth it. No. So that is how I feel. And next week, I'm going to talk about Airbnb because I've had a few nightmare uh, situations like that. And you know what? I can talk about nightmare situations where right in our condo, uh, not last year because we went in uh, 2021, November 2021, we didn't have heat. We didn't have power on part of our condo. Uh, we had no hot water. Our locks weren't working, so... It, it, it was just a ridiculous thing happening all at once, and it was only after I flipped out and was, like, yelling, went on Karen, and had to ask for the manager, and then when I wasn't getting what I wanted, I'm like, now I want your manager, and, you know, save time, get that manager's manager, because you guys are not in the customer service industry, because I'm a customer, and I'm it. It was just so horrible. At one point, I got um, bumped because I was waiting for someone to come and fix our our power, and I missed the call at two thirty in the morning. And so when I finally, when I woke up, I saw that you know I had a missed call, and I phoned and I was like, "Hey, can you tell me when I'm the electrician's coming? We missed the call." So, the call was at 2.30. Yeah, yeah. So I was supposed to sit and wait for them to come at 2.30. And I didn't. I, I didn't just sleep instead. Still didn't have power. I had to make coffee in the bathroom. So there you go. There's good news bad. I would say it's bad. And research and just don't do it. Huh. Okay, so, yes, that was a really uh, eye-opening topic. Because I've, I've wanted to know about timeshares for a long time. We'll be back. After this, then Jay will be back with his biography on Lisa Marie Presley. Stay tuned. And we're back. Uh, a lot of information there, Ange. I got some interesting stuff. Um, now, there's been a lot of deaths in the last week. Yes. Um, she, like 90% of you people wouldn't even know who she is, um, unless you're a Bugs Bunny freak like I am, because she was mentioned like a zillion times in... in Warner Brothers cartoon. Gina Lola Yeah, she did. They, they could also, uh, Prince Flintstone had this with her in that. That's right. And she just passed away at the age of 96. She was the very first Italian supermodel 
in the thirty in the forties and the fifties. Like she was gorgeous. Like she came before she was basically what before her there was pinups, pinup girls that were usually painted on bombers and stuff like that. Well she escalated that. Like this woman was just absolutely gorgeous. But anyway, we lost her. Evil Knievel's son died. Uh, we we lost what what was his name? Is that the Canucks player Gino Ojic? He yeah, died right. young. And and was Robbie Knievel, by the way. Robbie Knievel. That's right. Sorry, I I just always say his son. I knew his name, but I I believe that the most shocking and jaw dropping out of all of them was the death of Lisa Marie Presley at, at fifty four on January thirteenth. Um, Everybody knows she was the uh, daughter, only daughter, of uh, Priscilla and uh, Elvis. And here's a funny little tidbit of that. She was, she was born exactly nine months to the day of Elvis and Priscilla's wedding. Isn't that something? Like, whoever hears of that. Um, she, her, when Elvis died in 77, she was nine years old. She became the, um, uh, I'm not sure how they call it, joint heir, I believe they called it, with uh, Elvis's uh, parents or grandparents. Um, in 1980, after the death of her grandfather, her grandmother died in 79, she became the sole heir. And that was basically, she would get the inheritance on her 25th birthday in 1993. A hundred million bucks. What a birthday present. I, I couldn't even fathom walking into that kind of an inheritance. I wouldn't know if I thought probably be dead. Uh, she was married four times. Uh, I now I, I, I doing this doing this biography biography. I don't really to me she didn't have a great life. Um, but then again, I most most uh, famous uh, siblings or children really don't have a great life. You know, they usually struggle with either drugs or alcohol or they just have like a billion marriages. They just, they just, they just, they're just never happy. Um, she, in 1988, she was married to Danny Dio um, and they divorced in 1994. They had two children. Um, Riley and she's uh, what was that? Background. Oh, background. And she's an actual. Uh, her daughter is actually uh, Riley Keo. She's an actor and a mom. And uh, I've never heard of her, but uh, I was looking her up today, and my God, she looks exactly like her mom. Lisa Marie. Um, Isn't that crazy? She's the resemblance. Yeah. Like wow. She's identical, and she had a son, Benjamin Keo. Uh, sadly, uh, at 18 years old, uh, committed suicide in 2020. Um, they divorced in 1994. In 1994, she would marry Michael Jackson. There's a lot of controversy behind that marriage. Uh, now, a lot of people, a lot of people claim that it was done uh, because, like many reasons, because he was accused of child, child abuse and uh, sexual assault. Um, there was other rumors that his state was collapsing. None of those were true. Um, they, they had been friends, believe it or not. El um, actually, Michael Jackson uh, knew Elvis, which I did not know. Um, and 
Lisa Marie started going to see Michael Jackson uh, concert uh, back in 1975. Now, they had always been friends, and uh, they had a really, really close they, they, I gotta interject. They were not, and I don't care what anybody says, they were not together where they were bumping up with each other. That's just not gonna happen. I don't believe that. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I don't know. I wasn't hanging out with the bedroom. I do not know. But they were married. Hell, uh, She was married to, to him until, uh, um, I believe it was, uh, 19... Now, when the allegations came, they were very close, very close, um, up until their, up until their, their and, uh, Michael Jackson wanted to fight, the, fight, fight, and this is really weird, I didn't know this, but she, he wanted to fight, I mean, he was innocent. It was Lisa Marie that called, like, I don't want to say con, but talked him into settling out of court. Michael Jackson didn't want to, he wanted to fight it to the but it was Lisa Marie that uh, pushed him to, to, uh, to fight. Well, they divorced, but they were actually very, very close and would spend time together up until his death. Now, she was married again, good old Nick Cage. Well, this is probably the funniest one. Um, they were only, they were, they're, they're, they were, they were, they were, um, Technically, they were married for, for from 2002 until 2004. Um, 2014, when uh, the hell did they call that? Uh, it becomes official that you're you're divorced. And uh, anyway, they filed the board for divorce for divorce. Well, Nicholas Cage filed for divorce exactly 180 days after the wedding, and I and they didn't even. They never spoke again after that. They were not friends after that. So, but her last marriage lasted until 2017, and she married Michael Lockwood, who she had to with. Uh, they were married from 2006 until 2017. But this is that's just, you know, pretty much a lot. I mean, she had a couple of albums. She did. She, did. she had uh, three, three albums. She, uh, and they all did very well. I don't know the names of the albums. But she did, for the 30th anniversary, she did actually did a duet of In the Ghetto with her dad on one of the albums. Um, and she's received gold, gold records, gold, uh, like her records have always gone gold. I don't know. Like her father, she did gospel. She did. Uh, she performed. She performed with um, her very, very close personal friend, Pat Benatar, of all people, who I would have never thought. They performed at, at many, many charities. Um, getting back to it, um, again, she was just like her dad. Like you, you look at Priscilla Presley, her mom. Very, very business. Like she, she's, a, she's a very uh, smart woman. She doesn't throw her money at anything. Um, she researches and then gets behind it. We still are freaking together, and she's like her dad. Just throw it around, you know. Um, and there's a really funny story. This is my favorite story. When Hurricane Katrina happened, that basically leveled Louisiana. <laughs> Um, she linked up with UPS and Target and uh, countless other organizations, and uh, 
we were getting donations together and everything else. Well, while she was in, uh, I believe it was in Benson, she decided to run into run into a uh, a Target to pick up some positive, you know, toiletries, stuff like that. Like, not a whole bunch, but just, you know, some, some small things. Well, being, the typical, being a typical woman with the credit card, she ended up filling a semi-truck. Only stopping for a few things. And uh, so that was the kind of that was the kind of gal she was, and sadly she's gone. Huh. Yeah, she was uh, she was quite the character too. I did look back at Mrs. Ogden. She has a beautiful voice. She did. She did. I was listening to a few clips. I've never heard her before. I never heard anything about yeah. her before. Um, I mean, I've heard about her, but I followed more of the Graceland type. How they were always, uh, you know. Oh, we're celebrating this at Graceland, or we're going to do this at Graceland. And I've seen a few of her interviews, stuff like that. Today was the very first time I heard her sing, and I couldn't believe it. I heard the duet of In the Ghetto with her and her dad and for the 30th anniversary, and it it was jaw-dropping. Like, it was fantastic. So, and if you're an Elvis fan, and you not listen to Lisa Marie's uh, music like she does gospel and all sorts. Check the gal out because she sounds like her dad in some ways and not in other ways. Like she's got very unique. Can I uh, can I can I ask a trivia question? Sure. It's actually a birthday. Today is a birthday in history. The father actually credited with being the father of the modern myth, and he was. Born today in 1806. Does anybody know who I am talking about? No, the... the, the 1806? The, the, that's an old... That's 1906. He's very famous. Died in in, in uh, Baltimore under, what, under mysterious circumstances. They believe he was killed for a vote. Now, I don't know if, they, if you don't understand what that means. Back in those days, during elections, they would kidnap and make them, like, torture them until they would vote for who they wanted elected. And then they would just dump them on the street while he ended up dying of pneumonia. He was a whore. He was a, he was a drunk, but a, a, a fantastic writer. Edgar Allan Poe. Ah. Quote the Raven nevermore. Quote the Raven. Guess what? The very, the first mystery that is considered, like, it's actually, even to this day, the style is still copied. Murder in the Rue Morgue. I hate it. The question is, where is he buried? I'm not sure. I believe in Baltimore. I believe he is buried in Baltimore. I have to look that up. I heard that he was buried in, like, three different places. Well, you you know about the cast. Did you know about the cast that he invented? No. Okay. Edgar Allan Poe had uh, a horrible fear of being buried alive. Now, being buried alive was very common back then. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this, is, this is an actual fact. In 2000, I believe it was in 2000, they exhumed uh, graves in different cities, and they found that uh, five out of ten were buried alive. Scratch mark. That's right. Um, and anyway, he designed a... I do know. Go ahead. I do know. Yeah, he designed a casket that had a long pole with a bell on it so that the person could still get air. And then after so many days or whatever, they removed the pole. Still it is. That was his design because he was terrified of it. 
Okay, so I'm going to talk about a really amazing arena um, that uh, the recent Seattle Kraken of the National Hockey League took over. But um, it's called the Climate Pledge Arena. And it actually has a cool history. And then what they did is they refurbished this arena to make it um, environmentally friendly. That'd be the best way to put it. Uh, it's a multi-purpose indoor arena in Seattle, Washington. It was formerly known as the Key Arena, where the Seattle Supersonics of the NBA played. It was situated in downtown Seattle, the original site of the 1962 World's Fair. And from 2018 to 2021, the arena underwent a $1.15 billion redevelopment. And the renovations were quite extensive. Uh, what they first did, they did is they preserved the original exterior and the roof, which was declared a Seattle landmark back in 2017. It's also listed on the Washington Heritage Registrar as the National Registrar for Historic uh, Places, also in 2018, so it's kind of a dual-purpose uh, roof. But then what they had to do is they had to make an arena for the Seattle Kraken. So they, they renovated it, and now there's a capacity of 17,151 for ice hockey and 18,300 for basketball. It is currently home to the Seattle Kraken, as previously mentioned, of the NHL, the Seattle Storm of the Women's National Basketball Association, the Seattle University Red Hawks men's basketball team, the Rat City Roller Derby League of the Women's Flat Track Derby Association, or the WFTA, that's a mouthful, okay, um, Amazon dedicated the arena name to bringing attention to climate change. Uh, Jeff Bezos is very big into climate change, uh, the owner of Amazon, and um, he got involved very early, and uh, it's a first venue of its kind. It's got zero carbon emissions uh, from the arena. Now, most arenas are powered exclusively by natural gas and electricity, and this arena is neither. So it's kind of interesting, and it actually has both off-site and on-site solar energy, solar panels. So instead of natural gas, uh, they decided to do this because and I think it's a great idea because it, basically what it does is they, they utilize things like the rainwater because uh, it rains in Seattle a lot. So they have a system on the roof where it actually siphons the rainwater and the rainwater is then made rice. Pretty amazing. Okay. Um, the construction of the arena floor is a concrete slab. It was refrigerated from underneath the concrete where the process drops from basically to 16 degrees Fahrenheit. And then it's slow, you slowly build up the ice, it's formed, and then you can walk on it without melting it. So this gets an eight to a quarter of an inch, uh, basically part of the way, and you put down lines, logos, and circles, and you have an ice frame. After that, they build the ice with a misting process with a hose. This leaves it thick enough for a Zamboni, which resurfaces the ice, to lay more water down and get about three quarters of an inch to an inch and a half of ice. Now, as for the construction of the roof, how do you take 44 million pound roof and then you basically excavate 680,000 cubic yards of dirt underneath it? Uh, there was one construction company who wouldn't even touch it. They said, oh, that's, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Well, Mortensen Construction said, we can do that. So what they did is they started with 72 temporary cement columns. And... Um, 
they got 6,000 plus craft workers, skilled workers, and they spent about 3.8 million skilled hours getting it to what it's supposed to be. Now, there was also a landmark glass curtain wall from the, the World's Fair, and they had to take out 999 sections of glass and replace it with different glass. Uh, what they call it is it's, uh, it's a solar energy powered glass. So in other words, when the sun hits the glass, it heats up inside the arena. It's just amazing. Um, they have net zero carbons, and they basically switched from the original natural gas to net zero carbons, and pretty much within uh, a very short period of time. And then, for as far as electricity goes, they use the solar panel, okay? They worked 2.7 million hours on this. 29% were minorities that worked on this. 7% was a female workforce. And they exceeded the goals from priority workers to 17% journeymen to 7% apprentices. Um, as far as the food goes, so this is really interesting. A lot of arenas and restaurants waste a lot of food. I'm sure you know that, Will. But in this situation, they aim for zero waste. Now, how do they do that? How do you think they do that? Any, anybody got an idea? Okay. What they do, then this is just brilliant. Um, they, okay, there are two issues that are waste and sourcing. So they take 70% of what's actually purchased within a 300-mile radius, and they're mostly women-owned work businesses and minorities, and they supply them, and they've got it down to such a science that they have literally zero waste after each hockey game. And really what it is, it's, it's, it's Seattle's community coming together, feeding 17,000 fans per night every hockey game. They even use pickled watermelon rinds as a snack. So they don't waste any of the food. Like the, the goal is zero waste per food. And they also use plant-based food for a lot of their items like burgers, pizza, chicken nuggets, that sort of thing. It's a spectacular building. If you get a chance to Google Climate Pledge Arena, you will be in awe. It's like when you walk in the front door, it's a giant, massive, giant rainforest that's on this wall. It's a real rainforest. And it's just so lush and green. Like, it's just a spectacular-looking building. I am more than impressed with what they've done. And if this is the future of arenas, I say all for it. Now, I wasn't greatly impressed with the name. I kind of thought it sucked, to tell you the truth. I thought, well, you know, Seattle Kraken, they should call it the rainforest, you know. But they called it the Climate Pledge Arena because they made a pledge, the Climate Pledge, by building this arena. So it kind of stands for a statement. And like I said, after seeing many, many YouTube videos today, I was like more than impressed. I mean, it's the fact that they had to go underground, under the roof, to build the arena and uh, just the whole seating and everything. And apparently there's just no bad seat in the house because they made it on such a, a level that you don't have to worry about looking down like it, like the nosebleeds at the Saddle Dome is a good example. Not like that. It's 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 got such a, a, a slanted angle that you can actually get a good view of the of the hockey. And the Seattle Kraken are doing phenomenal now. They're actually sitting in the eighth place overall. So they're actually predicting the Seattle Kraken will eventually make the playoffs this year. And one of the owners is a very very famous director. He does a lot of Tom Cruise movies, Jerry Bruckheimer. So he's one of the owners of the team. And uh, that's why they, they got good money backing, and they've got a phenomenal state-of-the-art arena. It's pretty cool. It's really, really cool. So, um, uh, you know, three cheers. Uh, I'll hit that parade to these guys because 
man, did they put an amazing, amazing building together in a very short period of time. And uh, that's uh, hopefully going to be the future of ice hockey arenas because if you can get water from snow, that's a good example, or water from rain, then you can make ice out of it. Why not? You're not going to have to use those resources, and you're going to save tons and tons of money as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I recommend anybody, go to YouTube, just, you know, Google Climate Pledge Arena, you will see some amazing, amazing footage. It even shows that when it was being built and everything. So um, I have a newfound respect for that place. That's really cool, and I'm definitely going to put that on my bucket list of uh, places to see in the next few years to watch a hockey game because uh, I'd love to see my Dallas Stars kick the Seattle Kraken's ass in Seattle. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, Will, you got a topic before we go to another break? Do you want to tell us about your topic? Yeah, so my topic is going to touch on uh, postpartum depression in both men and women. Um, a lot of people have a, a huge misconception on um, what it is and what causes it. People think that, you know, um, it's just like, you know, uh, women have babies and they get pregnant and messes up their hormones, right? Which I mean, you know, that's true. However, um, <clears throat> a lot of, a lot of times, you know, um, during those bouts, you know, they, you know, um, both the men and the women, uh, say things that they don't mean, right? And, uh, um, so like, just put it bluntly, um, you know, when females are going through through things, right, they uh, sometimes aren't really themselves, right? And uh, the men sometimes take it too personally and, you know, they start getting depressed, you know, because, um, you know, they, uh, they, they they try doing things and, um, of course, because, you know, the woman is sensitive. Um, not, uh, nothing the man the man does is right. And, you know, there's, there's days where, um, y- y- you know, um, it actually get, gets to a point where the man could say something little and, you know, it could be taken in three different ways, but, you know, it's taken in the completely wrong way, right? And then the men are like, well, it's your fault. Well, no, right? Because, like, I mean, let's, let's think about it in logical terms, right? So if, if the man was strong enough, by the way, uh, if you can't handle a pregnant woman, you, you should get out of the kitchen, bro, because... Uh, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of things to be accompanied with that. And if you can't handle that, you shouldn't be putting yourself in that position anyway, right? So uh, the, the the woman, you know, she needs support. And a lot of men, right, they're like, oh, well, you just seen a, you know, um, and it, 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 it kind of, uh, they approach it the wrong way, which ends up making things worse. And the men, they don't realize that, you know, the little things that they're saying, uh, because the woman is sensitive, is, is just... Um, being taken in a completely different way and different form than what they see it as being taken. And, you know, because men have egos, you, you, you know, like, you, you, you really need to, as a man, suck up your ego and, um, you know, grin and bear it, you know. Like, the, the, these are, there's rules to life, right? One of them is grin and bear it, right? Two is, you know, communication, right? And uh, three is love and compassion. A lot of people uh, tend to neglect uh after they get into one of these serious relationships, they tend to neglect uh, one of those three things. And then they wonder where stuff went wrong, right? So, like, I mean, yeah, you get depressed, whatever. Okay, well, if you get depressed or you get mad, leave the situation so that both of you can think about it, right? Don't just stay there and fight. It doesn't help uh, the mother or the father out at all. 
In fact, it, it, it destroys everything. And, you know, <clears throat> the men don't realize that, you know, once the woman in, is destroyed emotionally, uh, she carries herself along through her days in a different way. Now, because, you know, she feels like she's not being supported and whatever. And, and you know, it, it could all be um, t- taken care of easily uh, if, if people, you know, saw for what it is. You know, like, do you, do you get mad at your girlfriend for being on her period? No. Why? Because it's something she can't control. Okay, so why are you getting mad at her now? You, like, like, these, like, these are pre-tests to your actual uh, test. And your actual test is a pregnancy. You can't, like, uh, like I said, if, if, if you can't handle the stress from the period or the stress from the, um, the pregnancy, you shouldn't be in there. Because, I mean, <laughs> we, we don't live in a perfect world. No one is perfect, right? But um, <clears throat> with, uh, with, with the women, you know, um, as they're going through these e- emotional outbreaks, um, some of them, uh, you know, they, they don't tend to think before they talk or act. And, you know... Just like, just cause, just like we're all humans, right? We all feel uh, bad after you know situations uh, went down. It like doesn't matter if you want to believe or not. If you it, like, if you leave that situation, right? If you're like, oh no, I'm 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 just gonna take off and you know go out to the bar. Yeah, you're probably gonna have no relationship in about five years because that's not what she needs. She needs somebody who's gonna be there and console her. And it, uh, I don't know, I I like like I've I've taken on a completely different perspective on, on, on everything because I've literally sat here and watched, you know, friends, family go through it and, you know, I, I'm not saying I, I have life figured out, but I have it figured out uh, a lot more than uh, even some of the older people I know, right? And, I, I mean, this isn't a competition. It's not a race. Like, we're supposed to help each other. You know what I mean? Like, but if, if, if you're not, you know, communicating in, in the right way, or, you know, taking, taking things too seriously and not taking time to, you know, think about the, the repercussions of what you're doing, then, you know, it's, it's going to ultimately lead to uh, a bad ending, which, you know, if, if you're like, well, I'm going to get help with a bad ending, bro, it's too late. <laughs> like, <clears throat> your, your help should have been before when you noticed that, that, that there was an issue with yourself. That's when the help should have been given to you, not like, Oh, okay, now 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 I uh, now I feel threatened because this person's leaving me. Okay, I'm just gonna make up an excuse and say, oh, I'm gonna go get help. How many times do do do, do we see this in, in in real life? And then you know, God forbid, uh, so, something worse happens. You know, like the guy's like, well, I I'm gonna go get some help just so they uh, they can stay together. And then he, they they don't get help. And uh, one thing leads to another, and you know, God forbid. Uh, the husband or wife, you know, starts to go off. It, you know, sometimes it's it's not very good endings, right? And uh, I know I know a man, right? Uh, speaking on, on on both parts, but I'm just speaking on. I know I'm like I, I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm just speaking on what I what I see. And and you know these these things are like uh like what I'm preaching right now is actually like what I'm practicing currently. So I mean um. The approach I, I I've taken with a lot of things, uh, such such as this, has you know saved a lot of things, man. Not only um, has it brought people closer, but it's also uh, brought some understanding to some situations. And yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's my subject. There you go. All right, Inch, back to you in a minute. 
we gotta go for a break. Oh, we're back. So, uh, thank you, Will, for all of that. That was, uh, pretty intense. Uh, it sounds like you're going through a lot. <laughs> um, so my, 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 my second topic of the day, I'm gonna make it as quick as possible. I am reading off, uh, the news. There was a swarming incident downtown, uh, lower Mount Royal area at a shopper's restaurant where an employee was attacked. This happened on Tuesday where there was eight youths, well, seven youths, and they figure the eighth one is over 18, so he's at large right now. And they had gone into a shopper's restaurant. They were causing a ruckus. They were asked to leave. They left, but they were outside the shopper's restaurant. And when one of the employees was done for the day, he had left, left the store. He was heading home or wherever. And these kids, I'm calling them kids, because they're 15 to 17, uh, then started uh, verbally going back and forth. Uh, an altercation, I guess you can say, verbally. Then it got physical, and another employee that was in the shopper knew something was happening, so went outside to try and stop it, and they were also assaulted. They have uh, been caught, except for the one that is over 18, and, of course, they are all being protected under the, uh, uh, what is it? What do we call it? It's called the Young Offenders Act. That's it. Thank you, Jay. So the Young Offenders Act—it's ridiculous. I do believe that uh, in this situation where this swarming—how many times have we heard of swarming that have killed others or hurt the other person really bad? Now, this person—I don't know how bad they were hurt, but um, I'm—I'm guessing not as as bad as death or, um, you know, in a coma or whatever in the hospital. But the thing is, that is what's happening in our fair city, here in Calgary. And that's all I have. Well, sadly, Ange, it's been happening all over. Oh, um, all over. All over. I know. Even in small towns. Um, and the reason yeah. for it, my feeling, my feeling, the reason for it is the young offenders. You can't do nothing to them. Um, there's no, there's no punishment. Um, if you are one of the people that is being attacked and you protect yourself and you kill one of these useless knotballs, guess what happened to you? It's called, no, it's called manslaughter, not involuntary manslaughter, not accidental manslaughter. It's manslaughter. And the average person is charged and the average person gets Five years minimum. Yeah, and, and 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 then it's wiped off, well, off the record when they turn eighteen. Holy, there's the poor guy that was just protecting himself. His life's ruined yep. because somebody else chose to be a dick. Now I'm sorry if your little if your little snot ball goes out, does stuff like this and gets killed. Tough pity. That's how it was when I was a kid. Tough. But then again, if I ever found out that I did something like this, um, I'd be wearing my hat, my ass for a hat for a year. Yeah, nothing infuriates me more than that, that young offender's hat. Yeah, it's, uh, it needs to be abolished. Absolutely. I don't care. Look, look at that girl. What was that girl? She was, uh, 
of hidden medicine hat. She murdered her family with her boyfriend. Um, 12 years old, and he was yeah. 22. Yeah. And she was, now is school at uh, South Royal College. Yeah. I think she was uh, She was in jail for until she was 18. She yeah, was she, she, was 18. she changed her name. Yeah. She lives here in Calgary. She's in college. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, nope. never see it, see the light again. There should be no uh, none of this. Twenty five years until you get parole. Never parole. Okay. So, in the interest of time, Jay, you've got a chick flick to talk about. So, yeah, you I do. I'm dying to hear this. So am I. <laughs> I watched a really good movie. Um, now this is if this is a chick flick, which it pretty much is. It has a little bit of everything for everybody. It's got explosions for guys like me, death, destruction for guys like me, and for the women, it's got the, oh my God, he's wonderful. What? Everything a chick would have. movie is called Lost City. It stars Canning Tatum and my future ex-wife, Sandra Moore. <laughs> I saw that. That, was, that was, it. was that not a good movie? I so enjoyed it. Oh my it God, I laughed. The, I the laughed. Yes, that was like it was so. They bounced off every each other. Now she is she is a um, a romance uh, novel writer, and Jenny uh, <laughs> plays her idiot. basically model for the covers of her book, and her deceased husband was an archaeologist. So she gets kidnapped by an eccentric billionaire. Uh, to help him find a lost city. Now, Channing Tatum enlists the help of Special Forces Guru, who is that Brad Pitt, to go and rescue her. She's wearing the jumpsuit. The jumpsuit. Um, it's the ugliest outfit I've ever seen. And they're trying to escape this. They, 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 they escape. But they're going through the jungle. Now, you got to watch for one scene. The scene that just cracked me right up the most, the leech scene, where she has to pick the leeches off. I never laughed so freaking hard in my life. Um, yeah. Uh, he's okay. Now, he's fully nude. Now, you don't see, you, you see his butt. Big deal. And she's, she's, um, <laughs> she's picking these leeches off him. He's freaking out like a little girl. And, she, he turns around, and the look on her face was, was, was absolutely, it's the best scene in the whole movie. It, it was just, it was the best, I got it for five bucks. That's five bucks I ever seen. Like, I'll definitely watch this again. Like, I, I, I laugh my ass off. And so what she pick, does to that outfit. So, so, Jay, if you had to pick yeah. two things that you didn't like about them, what would that be? Would be really quite honest I was laughing so hard through the damn thing. I didn't. I didn't. Couldn't find anything that I didn't like. What about the soundtrack? Like, that it, sounds, um, oh, I Well, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I never really paid attention to the soundtrack. So yeah, I guess you could say the soundtrack. That's usually my life. I don't remember. It. Like soundtracks are usually either good, uh, or really. Bad. There was no. It's 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 not so much a chick as it is in an action adventure, but it is also a love story. Okay. I'm not going to give away the ending, but I think that after this movie, watching the end, uh, there will be a, se a sequel, 
And I think the sequel will be that he marries her and she's tucked away his will to live like all women do to men. Friends? 
we're having one day. I got a so single don't... friend. I got a single friend. Let's fuck let's, let's the his life out of him. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, everyone he wants to see, Jane and the Snarl, on his oh, first I didn't say, no. I didn't say that Who's I would hearing sacrifice. Me right now? I did not say that I would sacrifice my life. <laughs> sacrificing your life. So, let's talk about radar systems, because, boy, do I have a mouthful on that. So, there seems to be, in the last, I don't know, I would say the better part of five years, that all of a sudden, the safety system started being attached to the truck. And I got to tell you, freaks out there, brothers and sisters of the road, they're not that great, okay? And let me tell you why, okay? And let me tell you why, okay? And I'm going to speak from personal experience. I'm not going to talk down about our system. I'm just going to tell you what I deal with on a daily basis. Okay? First of all, I deal with the sound of the lane assist. And it goes off probably about 25 to 30 times a day. Now, in this day and age of distracted driving, can you honestly tell me that the sound of 25 freaking times a day is safe? And? Well, no, but it's because how you can end up so tired and you're like, and all of a sudden you get that, you're like, okay, I'm awake. Yeah, but you know what? I don't need to be wide awake by this sound 25 times a day. That's probably my biggest bone of contention. My next bone of contention is this, this thing in front that gives you a distant warning. I was talking to a trucker the other day. And he had the same thing on his system. He was working for a company out of Michigan. And he says, yeah. So I'm driving down the road. This car passes me. And then he merges off the lane. And I got a 50% brake application on my truck after he's merged off to the lane. And I said, yep. Same thing happened to me on black ice. Okay? These systems are not safe. And I don't really care whoever listens to this. They are not safe systems. But someone said to me last night, not about safety, it's about how many hundreds of thousands of dollars companies can save on their insurance. Again, it always comes down to the mighty buck. It's got nothing to do with safety, okay? I can tell you for a fact, okay, we get these things on our e-log that say, so many days without an accident, right, Jay? You bet. And I know for a fact, and every time they put it in there, it's always following too close, truck jackknife. It's not a question of what happened, because we already know what happened. We know that the truck created it. It wasn't the driver. I can guarantee you 95% of the time it's not the driver. Okay? It's these stupid-ass radar systems. Okay? Do they make the truck better? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do they make the truck safer? Absolutely not. And I know Jay would agree with me on this as well. Before that, I did 2 million miles on the road, and I never had any of these issues. Not once, okay? And now I put up with this every day that I'm in this career of truck driving because of these ultra-modern trucks, okay? And they even have them on trucks. There are cars, like pickup trucks and vehicles, and uh, I'm sure that you have either drive, driven some or you know people that are at that kind of experience, even in four-wheelers, right? Yep, my daughter-in-law has a vehicle exactly like that, and I've driven her SUV many times, and it's like, oh, okay, yep, sure. Yeah. 
So, so in your so based upon what you know, do you think that's safe? Do you, just just as a layman's term, do you think based upon what I've told you about these systems? And I'm not pulling any punches here. I, I you know, I'm telling you these systems are unsafe. How can I personally don't think to have those bells and whistles going off when I'm driving? Because you know, the first time it happened, I did jerk the wheel because it scared me. Like, what, what the hell is going on? So I, we're going to have to beat that out. Um, but yeah, it did scare me. I mean, how can they be safe? How can you think that a system going off, going <laughs> all day long, is safe for the driver? Hey, if anything, if anything, I'll bet you. Okay, and I'm not saying it happens to me, but I'll bet you a lot of drivers get put in a bit of agitated state over it, okay? So now you've got an agitated driver out there that goes through this lane assist or this, you know, these distant warnings or critical event warnings. I think, I think the critical event warnings are a bit of a joke because what happens is if you cannot stop following the vehicle in front of you, let's say you're in Toronto or Vancouver, um, and it's, it's, it's rush hour. You are going to get these distant warnings constantly going off. There's nothing you can do about it. They say, well, just back off. Sure, I'll just back off. And the guy behind me is going to text my bumper, and we're going to have a rear-end collision. Sure, no problem. No problem at all. Okay? That's exactly what happens. And then it becomes a critical event, which is very untrue, because it's not a critical event. When you are two tractor-trailer lengths in front of a, of a uh, truck, and the damn thing's going off, Distant warning, distant warning, distant warning. And then all of a sudden the guy slows down and now it becomes a critical event. Give me a break. Okay? A lot of times I have to go into the left lane, just the, you know, the hammer lane or the granny lane, just to get that damn warning shut the hell up. That's exactly what it is. So I'm here to say that these are unsafe systems and it's not a question of if somebody's going to get killed, but when somebody's going to get killed. And then maybe the powers that be will understand that maybe this system is not necessary at all. And that's all I've got to say about that. Unless you want to throw in something, Jay. I just think it's a load of crap. Um, in all my years driving over the road, I have never once needed any of this. I've never um, rear-ended a truck um, by, because I've Follow too close. Uh, I just, I know what the hell I'm doing. You know what you're doing. But then again, on the same token, look at the, the caliber of driver we're putting out on the road. Okay. And it's all because okay. of. Let's give, let's give, Jay, let's give those systems to those inexperienced drivers. The drivers That's that had 2 million miles, okay, leave them alone. You hired them for their experience. Now, exactly. their experience. Absolutely. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, that's what happens. So I hope. This, you, know, you got to also remember something, Brian. These ridiculous systems all started with Volvo. Okay? They, they have this garbage in, in Europe. Keep it in Europe. This isn't Europe. They don't care what they do in Europe. If I wanted to know what they do in Europe, I'll go drive a truck in Europe. You know what? And it's still some of these ideas that come out of California. The super single tires, the death. They're all bad ideas. Bad, bad oh. ideas. They work. Uh-huh. They work there because those guys, they, they, you know, they, they stick hoses up their ass and, you know, they, they, they clean their butts that way. And that's, that's their deal, man. 
like, you know, well, what's, they what's the weird climate in California? What's the climate? Well, there, there's the biggest problem with the trucking industry. Temperate. 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 Okay. I blame the trucking and this is why. This crap all started back in the late 80s. The government has been running roughshod on the trucking industry, and the trucking industry has, all they've been doing is agreeing. They don't fight. They agree. And then, then we get fight. these, and then we get these bogus, uh, trucking associations, like that useless, good for nothing sack of crap, tax dollar draining, British Columbia Trucking Association. Every one of those people should be drowned in a bucket of their own pit. They do nothing but lobby the government to make these changes. Okay? Why people join it, I don't know. I have no idea why. Um, but the, the, the trucking industry has, in my opinion, I'm at the age now where uh, I'm not going to be doing this garbage anymore for, a long, for very much longer. I despise the job. Um, it's time to jump ship. Uh, it's no fun anymore. I used to really enjoy it. I mean, I went everywhere. Had a great time doing it. Now it's, it's just a pain. And why is it, we talked about this today, why is it that Canadian rates and American rates are so, so different, completely different? So when you're hauling in Canada, and I don't know what moron in their right mind wants to haul in Canada, because you're making about 50 cents a mile, okay, and you're 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 basically driving over some of the worst terrain possible compared to the United States, where you have decent, half decent interstates. Not all of them. Michigan sucks. We know that. But then again, they spend their money in hockey arenas as opposed to roads. Uh, but the bottom line, the bottom line is why someone on Earth would want to haul in Canada at the rates they are, and I unfortunately experienced that for one week, and um, I'm telling you. It sucks on the old paycheck. It really does. Uh, well, here's the thing, Brian. When I had my own company back in the back in the uh, in the late '90s into the 2000s, um, all I did was run some. Now, all my loads paid U.S. I got paid U.S. going down. I got paid U.S. coming back. Um, now these guys and I don't I, I don't know when it happened, why it happened, or how it happened, but these owner-operators get paid Canadian coming down and Canadian going back. Well, how the hell are you making it, boy? I don't what know. changed? It just, and then it just, you got the company drivers. We used to get, like, I don't even want to tell you what I used to make. I <laughs> threw an heavy haul back in, the, in 90, 92, 93. I got $100. Oh, I want to know. Tell me. I go, okay. I got, um, and I was company driver. I was just a company bonehead. Kind of like I am now. I got a hundred dollars a day meal of meal allowance. I got thirty dollars a day if I slept in the truck. Otherwise, they would get me a hotel room. I'd be gone for two, three months at a time. But I made good money. I made a hell of a lot more. I was making forty-one cents a mile in nineteen ninety as a company driver. I'm making that point. We're making what twenty cents more now. Some companies are still are are paying a whole whopping forty-eight. What the hell happened? I don't get it. And all of is, and I'll, and I'll tell you what, didn't have this job. It's the foreign trucking companies that brought down the rates because they were willing to undercut those rates and do it for less. And that's a fact, Jack. 
it's a, like I used to haul one of my, one of my jobs was hauling bridge feet. Like some of these things were ninety feet long. Uh, we had uh, you don't really see very many of them anymore, but you had the little guys sitting in the trailer steering. You remember seeing those? Oh yeah. Um, um, and I now they're all. I don't know how they work now. Um, cable stuff like that. I don't know. I've never pulled them. I got out of that. But um, um, we made we made a hell of a good living. It's like everything was um, modern, and that's fine. But some things shouldn't go modern in trucks. I'm going to give you a true story. Last night. Okay. I was delivering, dropping off a load in Mississauga, and I have this thing called an automatic fit wheel puller. Might as well call it an automatic truck driver agitator because that's what it does. It agitates you automatically because you know why? You go outside and you unhook your lines and you drop your, you know, your landing gear, and then you go, oh, I'm going to go back in the truck and I'm just going to push this button, and guess what's going to happen? All of a sudden, the teeth are going to open up, and I'm going to get to drive away. I'm going to love this. Guess what? It don't work. Okay? I spent an hour and a half, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Oral. Because, my God, this kid was amazing. Okay? And I said, I was frustrated. I was so frustrated. I literally had to hook on to the trailer and basically wait for someone to, to, you know, their crap together and help me. And this kid that took it upon himself at closing time and said, no, I'm not going to be an asshole for this guy. I'm going to help him out. And he stayed after everybody left. And full code of kudos to you, Oral, because what you did was five-star service, bro. Five-star service. And uh, all he did is they wouldn't let, uh, you know, it's a gas cylinder. And you can explain to the, the, you know, the highway freaks about that. But all he did is he disconnected that line, which allows me now to pull it with a fifth wheel puller. Now, there's still going to be some tension on it, but I'll be able to at least pull the pin. And you can explain what the gas cylinder is and how stupid it is, because it is stupid. Well, Brian, when you get a chance, when you get a chance and you're unhooked from your trailer, climb underneath, you're going to see a cotter pin. On your fifth wheel, on your on your jaws, or not on your jaws. Sorry, on the uh, the ram for the cylinder. It's going to look similar to the pin in a uh, going to your black um, adjuster. It's just going to be a little bit bigger, right? Pull, pull, take the cotter kit, take the cotter key out of it, pull the pin out of it. That'll disconnect the whole thing. Oh, really? You won't. Yes, you won't have the. You won't have the. Uh, Resistance. Oh, unless, unless, unless they've done something genius, like we all know um, the uh, truck engineers are. They're, they're they're geniuses. Hopefully, they didn't weld it. If they uh, weld highly it, possible. Okay. Well, they're so ge- they're genius. I mean, they're so far advanced beyond us. I mean, they, they, they welded the fifth. They welded the fifth wheel slide. We can't slide the fifth wheel anymore <laughs> at all. Well, I know. I know. Wasn't that a brilliant idea? Um, I would really like, I, you know, I would really like the guy that came up with this, these designs because I'd go ask them. I'd be in prison. Who the hell am I kidding? I'd deck the son of a bitch. We're going to take a break. And we're back. So, uh, yeah, was tonight not the most informative uh, visit we've ever had? Honestly, with um, 
Jay with his movies and, uh, you know, and unfortunately the passing of Lisa Marie Preston. January 26th, we're going to be having Dave Scott uh, with us. We're going to be able to question him, ask him all these questions. If you have a question, please, please email us your question at highwayfreak 589 at gmail.com. Again, highwayfreak589 at gmail.com. And let us know what uh, you guys have to ask Dave Scott. Also, um, we are going to have a lot going on next week. And I I have no idea what I'm going to talk about other than, holy smokes, Dave Scott is going to be here next week, January 26th. And that is all I got. Anybody else? Any, Will, do you have pylon shout-out, Jay? Yes, I do. I do have a pylon shout-out. Um, a red pylon? That's, that's, that's women, right? Yep. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. This will kind of make you guys put a, put a, put a smile on your guys' face. Uh, a red uh, pylon for uh, my little girl, Caitlin. They won their game tonight. What game was that? What game for was her? That? Uh, I think it's basketball. No, I'm not really sure. Okay. <laughs> Glad to see you're up on uh, your daughter. Sure. Your daughter's goings on there, Dad. <laughs> well, well, because I'm usually more interested in her in her music, right? Because she's into beauty and stuff like that. And, uh... Yeah, they won their game, though. I'm, I'm pretty impressed, considering that they've never won a game before. So uh, they won 41 to 18. I'm pretty, I'm pretty exactly. impressed. Is she scoring at all? That does no. sound like that. No, she's deep. She's, she's, she's deep back. So oh, she doesn't. Okay. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. Um, and you know, I gotta give a, I gotta give a shout out to uh, um, a blue pylon and a red pylon for. Uh, uh, you and Will and a red pylon for Angie, and I just I am so ecstatic to be set up on a blind date with a beautiful girl named Bob. I can just imagine. I can just imagine. Battery-operated boyfriend? That's funny. I like that. You've never heard that before? No, I've never heard Man, all, all the girls call, call their vibrators Bob, man, for battery-operated boyfriend. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, now you know, Bill. Bill, Bill, then. Oh, no, no, Bob's battery-operated biatch. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you, man, I mean, I, I can just, I can see you guys pulling a, pulling a, pulling a stunt on me. I'll be in the goddamn, I'll be in the loo. And the chick will come in and stand next beside me and have a piss beside me. Hey, how you doing? Did you enjoy dinner? <laughs> oh, jeez. You know what? My girlfriend might get a little upset over this. Zephyr? Hmm. You're gone. No, I, I, got a girl. I got a girlfriend, but I mean, I got to get some duck meat in front of the early. <laughs> <laughs> I will have a special topic next week on an life changing event.